0: I want to start off our time together by reading to you something that Jesus said. And Jesus said this. This is something that he was quoted as saying. He said, "'Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.'" Jesus said that it's recorded in the Bible, in John chapter 14, and I wonder, do you live with that peace? You maybe, I mean, in this room, we'll classify ourselves as two different groups of people, those of us who follow Jesus and those of us who don't, and they're both, uh, people, uh, both groups of people in this room today. But ask yourself that. Jesus said, I have peace that I'm going to give to you, and is that something that you have? We're in the second week of our series called Advent, and last week we talked and uh, talked about depending on what type of church background you come from, you may or may not know what that means, you may or may not have uh, celebrated that in church before, and we talked about that. The word advent means coming. So when you are with your family and or as you grew up as a kid and you had an advent calendar at home and so every December, every day in December, you'd open up a new day and there'd be a piece of chocolate in there. It was one way of giving a vi- visual representation of the, you're counting down the days and you're excited for what is coming and w- the church across the entire world celebrates Advent or remembers Advent because we're remembering his coming. There was a time over 2,000 years ago where Jesus left heaven and put on flesh, became a God, became God living among us. And we remember that and we anticipate that. So every Christmas, we're preparing our hearts for that day where we celebrate his coming. But also, Advent is not just talking about that, but it's also talking about the time he will come again. And this is called or referred to as his second coming, that there will be a day where he comes back and he really finishes what he started. When he came and he left heaven and came to earth as a baby, he, through his life and through his death and resurrection, he... Defeated sin and he defeated death, but we still experience those things. When he comes for the second time, he will eradicate sin, he will eradicate death, he'll really eradicate sorrow. So, as we this morning and in this series and across the globe as Christians remember Advent, it's not just something we do that's just religious. But it's something that we do, remembering, having our hearts remember, because it can be so easy to forget. He came once, and he's coming again. Last week, we talked about since he is coming. Since he came and he's coming again, we have hope. And not just a wish, not just a set of wishes, but when we say we have hope, what that means is, as people who follow Jesus, we have confidence in God. And when we have confidence in God, really we're not going to worry. We're not going to be full of anxiety because when our confidence is Him, we are then at peace and we live in peace. And that is something that I want for you today. In our culture, in, in, uh, even in our area, Anxiety, stress, worry are at, you know, since they've been tracking the statistics, seem to be at all-time highs. Even among people who, who, are, who, who know Jesus and are following him. And for you, I don't want that for you. I want you to know the peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God that doesn't make any sense the peace of God that you could have despite whatever situation you can find yourself in. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 2. If you're not familiar with the Bible, the Bible is a, a collection of 66 different books that have been put together. And Um, the part that we're about to read, the book is called Luke because it was written by a guy named Luke. He was a doctor and educated, and he uh, he, he was kind of out interviewing people, interviewing eyewitnesses, putting together and assembling all the facts that he put together in the book of Luke. He was gathering all these things for another guy to say, hey, here's everything I found out, here's what happened. He did this again for the same guy, and that book is called the book of Acts. And so... When Luke, what he did is he, begin, he recorded the, the history of Jesus, of his time here on earth. And so the part we're about to read is right at the very beginning. Jesus had just been born, and then this is what happened next. So Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start reading at verse number 8. Um, after we're done reading, keep your Bibles open because we'll be looking at some other verses in that chapter. So uh, verse number eight, reads, That night there were shepherds staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's See this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. If you want to experience the peace of God in your life, if you want to live with the peace of God in your life, I want you to know that there there is a way for you to have that. You don't just have to uh, wish that it would happen. You don't have to question why some people have experienced it and some people don't. What I want to try to do is to help you to... Uh, to, um, to just experience everything that God has for you. So if we look at this scripture and look at the story of these gentlemen um, of the shepherds, we want to look at what they did and begin to see what is it in our life that we can do, that we can have everything that God has promised and everything that God has given to us. The first thing that we see here, and in, in the part that we just read, is that the shepherds pursued Jesus. And if you want to experience the peace of God in your life, then you it all begins with a decision to pursue Jesus. And you, you you know you're you're really in on the right path to begin to do that. Some of you have never been to church before and today could be the first time you've ever been to church in your life. So This is the place to begin to hear about him, to begin to experience him, to meet other people who are following him, and to begin to find out. uh, The shepherds were saying, hey, the angels said, let's go to Bethlehem and find out if we can find him as they talked about. And so you have friends who've talked about Jesus, co-workers who've talked about Jesus, and so you've now come to find out, is it as they said? Is he really? Can he really? Will he really? And so you're here, kind of investigating, putting it all together. And different people have expressed it to me uh, definitely a number of times. They say, when I come here, I feel different. And they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to explain, you know, I don't know why I keep coming back. I don't believe yet, but when I come here, I feel different, so I keep coming back. And what you're What you're expressing when that happens, and really what you're feeling when that happens, is you're feeling the peace of God. You've begun to pursue Jesus, and so you felt something you've never felt before. That's the the presence of God and the peace of God. And he's kind of showing you who he is. He's showing you what he's like. He's showing you his care and concern for you, because he wants you to continue to pursue him. He wants you not just to to hear about it and make a decision just based on your head whether you're going to whether you're going to continue and give him your life but he's showing you his love for you he's showing you his concern for you so they they did that and you're here you've you've heard the good news of Jesus that you don't have to pay the penalty of your own sin you don't have to Take care of all the wrong things you've done in your life. But if you will give your life to Jesus, if you will receive his forgiveness and his salvation, then uh, that's all you have to do is just to ask him to do that. So our process that we begin, every single one of us, in receiving the peace of God, receiving the peace that Jesus has for us, is by pursuing Jesus. Going after him. Going after him. If you're someone, you've, you've given your life to Jesus, and as you, look in, as you look at your life right now, you say, you know what, but I don't, have, I don't have that peace. Maybe you've never had it. Maybe you had it a long time ago, and you realize right now, I just wish I could go back to the way it used to be. Begin to look at yourself and begin to say, am I a person who's still pursuing Jesus? Am I going to where he is? Am I going to spend time with him? Am I going to learn about him? Or are you just, have you just gotten into a routine of showing up at the church a couple times a month and then that's it? That's not a pursuit of Jesus, of getting to know him, of getting to find him. And if you find yourself ever in a place where you once had the peace of God, but then you didn't, but then you don't anymore, evaluate am I still pursuing him. The next thing that we begin to read about the shepherds is in verse number 16. It says, they, the shepherds, hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel said to them about this child. You begin to pursue Jesus. Then there's another part of this they began to share about Jesus to other people. They got there. There's other people kind of meeting the baby, and um, you know Mary and Joseph knew the miracle. They knew what happened. They knew what God promised them. But now here are the shepherds saying, "Hey, let me tell, let us tell you what happened to us last night." It, the angels who showed up and the spectacle that it was and the things that they said. And they began to tell about Jesus with other people. If you've gotten to the place where you've pursued Jesus and uh, you found out who he is, sharing Jesus is a part of having the peace that he has for us. Think about it this way. Um, if you've experienced something really good and then you don't share it with anybody, what does that do to you? Or if, um, if you're married, you'll, you'll get this. You're trying to buy a Christmas gift for your spouse, and there's all, just all kinds of layers of complexity to begin to do that. So if you're dating, it's real easy. You just go online and you buy a gift, and that's the end of it. But if you're married, if you're going to go online and buy something, then you have to tell your spouse, hey, don't check the bank account, because otherwise they're going to see where you bought it from, and they're going to see how much you spend. So that's bad news. And also, you can't just, like, avoid the bank account for an entire month. That's not very good financial stewardship. So what are you going to do? You either lie or you, you end up, you, you know, why would you spend $200 at Cumberland Farms? Like, oh, just gas. And... and, <laughs> and um, or you go to the ATM you try to throw them off the trail. So you take out a bunch of cash, more cash than you're going to spend. So that way they don't really know what's going on. And, but then they, they're all excited because they think, oh my word, he took $300 out of the ATM. And then they find out you only spent $50. And so then they're disappointed. So it's all kind of layers of complexity. If somehow you, and this is real life. I mean, you guys, marriage is hard work. If you, <laughs> if somehow... You are able to order it, and uh, and it's gonna get to the house. Then you have to figure out um, when's it coming, and then you have to try to rush to the house and get there before your spouse does, so you can hide it somewhere and they and they don't figure it out. And um, it's a lot of work that goes into something, a lot of anxiety that goes into sharing a gift and sharing a special moment with. Your spouse until finally it's all wrapped, it's under the tree, and you. What do you do at that point? You kind of like, I did it, and it's a surprise for them, and they open it. it's everything they could ever ever want, and it's the best Christmas ever. And um, uh, but when we when we meet Jesus, and he's changed our life, it's like that gift that we have, that we're meant to give it to another person. We're meant to share it with another person. And when we don't share that gift, there is a natural anxiety that's going to come and a natural loss of peace that happens when you don't share that gift. Now, there's all kinds of reasons why we don't do that. We we don't share Jesus because we're not quite sure about it about Him ourselves. We've come to church. We've liked it. We've felt something different when we're here. We've We've even made a personal confession of faith, we're like, yeah, that's it, Jesus, I want to follow you. But we're, we've are we got kind of so many unknown questions at this point. We don't know, well, maybe, just maybe, um, I'm mistaken. Um, or we think, if I share this with this person, they're going to be upset at me. They may be mad at me. They may not want me to share this with them. And so we end up holding back what we know we want to do. We want to tell them, we want to invite them, but we're so afraid that what they might do or how they might react or so afraid of saying the wrong thing or not having the answers that we don't say anything. And we're designed in such a way that when we've experienced the goodness of God, we want to share the goodness of God and tell other people about the goodness of God. And let me share this with you. When you're feeling that, if you will finally... Share that with another person, even if they react wrong to you. You will feel relieved to have shared that with that person. You feel relieved because um, the 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 peace of God comes through sharing Him with others. So you're um, you're pursuing Jesus. You're sharing Jesus. Jesus is not a private faith. It's a public faith. That's why we as a church have water baptisms and around the world they have water baptisms. It is a public sign to the world that I'm a follower of Jesus. We live a public faith. And if your faith isn't public, then you won't experience the peace of God. So pursue him, share him. The third thing we read in verse number 20, it says that the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as the angel had told them. If you want to experience the peace of God, then you need to praise Jesus. This, um, this thing that we'll see in scripture, I'll show you in another part of the Bible here in just a second. Peace follows Praise. So to experience the peace of God, you begin to praise God, and then, the, and then you, at that point, you'll experience the peace of God. Let me show you this in the book of Philippians. It says, uh, Paul writes, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We proclaim who Jesus is. And we experience who he is. In these moments in our life where we're overwhelmed, in these moments in our life where there's, uh, where there's difficulty, in these moments of their life where, where, where we don't feel do we have any peace? As we begin to lift up the name of Jesus, as we begin to remind him who he is, remind ourselves who he is, all of a sudden our hearts are guarded by the peace of God again. And if you're looking and evaluating your life, hey, I don't have the peace of God, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling the peace of God, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling uh, anxiety and, and worry overwhelm me, begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. And the song we sang earlier is singing that same thing. You know, in these storms, Jesus, he overcomes. It's bigger than it all. We pursue Jesus. We share Jesus. We praise Jesus. Do you know, you can kind of do all these things and never never follow Jesus. And that's the last one, to make sure that you are following Jesus. You you think about it this way, um, in, the, in this time when Jesus was born, there was another guy in the scene, his name was Herod. And Herod heard about Jesus. Herod tried to pursue Jesus and find out where he was. Herod even offered up this fake praise to Jesus and said, hey, let me know when you find him so I can come and worship him too, but Herod was not following Jesus, and so Herod was tormented by the idea of Jesus and a newborn king being born who could potentially overtake his throne, and so he went at great lengths to try to kill this baby and uh, to protect his throne. You can, you can, on the outside, go through all the motions and have everybody convinced that you're following Jesus and never actually be following Jesus. You just know, you've been going to church long enough, you know how to act, you know the right things to say, you know how to trick everybody. But if you will make a decision to follow Jesus, you'll experience the peace of God. And you, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You'll, to begin to describe it is hard, but to It's a different thing in your life to say, I, my mind is at rest, I know where I stand with God. To know that there's nothing I'm going to be judged for, there's nothing I'm hiding, Um, I just know Him, He knows me, He's forgiven me, and He loves me. The peace that comes to your mind when you're at rest with your relationship with God is, um, is a really a hard thing to describe, but it's something that you can experience. Some of you know this from the from the opposite side of it because you've lost this peace with God. There was a moment you were pursuing Him, sharing Him, praising Him, following Him, but then you begin to go a little bit off course, and you begin to live a double life. You begin acting one way at church with and, and with your church friends, but then you've been living another way that you knew at one point was wrong and you, and probably even now you'd admit, that's not the way I want to live. I know I'm not doing what God wants me to, but I'm doing it anyway. And you know what it is to lose that peace of God because it's a miserable way to live, living a double life. Pretending and and convincing yourself. It's and But that, 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 that uh, pressure, that weight that you're feeling dissipates and can dissipate immediately. When you'll say to God, to one of your church friends, to one of your pastors, to your circle leader, hey, I've been sinning. I've been lead- leading this secret life. I need you to pray for me that I can make my life right. Before God, and when you do that, just the exhaustion disappears. I read of um, stories of friends, pastors, who um, who are in ministry and on stage and, uh, and living a double life themselves. And the relief they felt when they finally got caught. Their entire world disintegrated. But at least they didn't have to hide anymore. If you're living a double life, and it's an exhausting and terrible way to live. But God has a better way for you follow him, follow Jesus. So as studying and researching for this message. I came across a story that's, that's famous in, in church history, but probably n- new to the majority of us. And uh, I thought it was helpful to illustrate that um, if you're following Jesus, you're pursuing him, you're sharing him, you're praising Him. It doesn't matter what you go through, you still ex- you, c- you will still live in that peace of God. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. So uh, there's two guys, Hugh Latimer and Richard Ridley, excuse me, Nicholas Ridley. And um, they're, they were executed in the year 1555. If you search in church history, they're called the Oxford Martyrs. And so this was in England. And they were... Um, they were burned at the stake in the town square in 1555. Uh, and their, their crime was heresy. Heresy means you take something in the Bible and you, and you teach it wrong for really for your own get benefit or for your own gain. So if, I, I can't think of an example right now, but that, that's what they were accused of. So they were executed for that. Now, the truth is, we know in this side of history, that's not what happened at all. They weren't teaching history, heresy, they were teaching the Bible truth. It was those they were opposing that were teaching the heresy, but it was those that they were opposing and trying to call out their heresy that they were, um, they, the people who were actually teaching the heresy were, in the, were the power, they had the, the political power, and so they just said, nope, you're wrong and we're gonna kill you for it. So these guys were arrested, put in jail, and then executed for a crime that the other party was actually committing. And so on the night before they were to be killed, Nicholas Ridley's brother came to the prison to see him and to be with him and offered to his brother, hey, um, how about I stay here with you tonight, it being your last night, to comfort you, I encourage you, And probably just be a brother, share these moments with you. And Nicholas Ridley said this to him, not a direct quote, um, but he said, uh, uh, essentially, no, thank you. Um, My plan is to go to bed tonight and to sleep as quietly as I ever have in my entire life. What he was expressing to his brother is, no, I've got the peace of God that doesn't make any sense. I have the peace of God that transcends all understanding. I have the peace of God that we, we have a hard time explaining. I have that. And I know what awaits for me tomorrow, but I'm fine. And he wasn't just making it up, trying to play the part. But he just knew, in the next day when he they brought him out and the other guy out for their execution, they didn't try to run, they didn't try to escape. In matter fact, as you read about what happened uh, in that square that day, it doesn't even seem like they were chained. They just, they went around, they prayed for people, they had gifts that they gave to people, and then the time came to climb up onto the stake. It just, they climbed up, they were chained to the stake, and then they were to be burned alive. The first guy that I mentioned, Hugh Latimer, I mean, as, I don't think anybody would ever want to be burned at the stake, uh, but it was common in church history. Um, his, his passing went, as you would hope, um, a little bit quick. But for Nicholas Ridley, they're not sure whether it was Wetwood or Greenwood, but his, his fire wouldn't catch. And uh, he was just really tortured for quite some time until finally the fire overwhelmed him. And you can read about even some of the things he said in that torture. He never renounced his faith. He never... He never lost the peace of God despite all of that. And that is what Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Peace I give to you. And that is what I want for you. If you close your eyes, I want to take a moment and pray for you. But before I pray, I want you to just begin, because I want you to talk to God, I want you to just begin to look at your heart and look what's going on in your life. Do you have The peace of God, and then you just begin to look. Well, uh, where maybe there's an area in my life that's causing me not to have peace. Are are you pursuing Him, or do you just show up to church a couple times and that's it? Or are you pursuing Him? Do you uh, do you share Him? Maybe what you don't have is a loss of peace, but you're feeling pressure from God because he's telling you and talking to you, hey, I've got this person I want you to talk to. I've got this person I want you to invite. I've got this person I want you to share with me. And so you're feeling all this tension in your life, and that's tension that God's pushing on you to get you to, to live out and do what he's called you to do. So if you will share him, then you will experience and feel the peace of God again instead of his pressure on you to get you to do what he's trying to call you to do. For me, this—I um, think it was last week. For like four or five days, I kept thinking about someone that I hadn't seen. They used to be a part of our church, but I, I hadn't talked to them in eight years. And I kept—I th- kept thinking about them. And so finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna—I'm gonna send them a Facebook message. And so I sent them a Facebook message. I didn't. I, honestly, I felt like they didn't want to talk to me anymore because they hadn't talked to me in eight years. And. Um, but i just like, hey, I know it's been a long time since I've seen you, but wanted to invite you to Christmas Eve service. And I almost got an instantaneous response back. Yeah, thanks for the invite. I'm going to come. And I was like just so blown away. But here you, I'm feeling this pressure and this prodding from God. Talk to this person. Talk to this person. And once I finally did, then, man, just feeling the peace of God and then kind of additionally the joy of God to see him move in another person's life. You sharing him. Are you praising him? You're only talking about your problems. You're you're not talking to Jesus. You're only saying how big your problems are. You're not you're not telling Jesus how big He is. Are you praising Him? you begin to praise Him, you'll receive His peace. And then, lastly, are you following Him? Again, you can you can go through all the motions and convince everybody that everything on the outside is good, but to, what is going on in the inside? Are you really following him, giving him every area of your life? Let me pray. Jesus, we're giving ourselves a hard look. We know if we don't have peace, it's not because of you. We've gone off course. We've allowed things in our life. We've believed lies. We've, um, we've just uh, taken steps back. And we want to be people who love you and follow you always. People like uh, like Nicholas Ridley, who even in the in the scariest moments of our life could rest in and have the peace of God. We want that. That anytime a car breaks down, it wouldn't be the end of the world for us. If we get a doctor's report, we wouldn't be stricken by fear. If um, we wouldn't didn't just always assume the worst, but God, we would be people of peace, experiencing your peace, following the Prince of Peace, and I pray this for us, in Jesus' name.